You're listening to the Con Artist Podcast. The art of confidence through the creative mind with Allison Robertson and Blake McIver. Hello, Allison. Hello, Blake. How, How are you? Good. How are you on this day of days? Oh, my goodness. So excited. Very excited. Today's is an exciting show, an exciting guest. It's really exciting. Exciting things to talk about. Well, no, this is our first international show. Right. That's right. And like navigating a massive time change. Massive time change, massive guest. From LA to South Africa. In one one fell swoop. Oh, I'm very excited. But before we get into the excitement of our guest, I wanna talk about some some stuff that's going to become relevant uh, later in the show. We've been talking so much about our mental health and about our emotional health. And I wanna talk today in our like, how are you doing (laughs) about our physical wellness during this time um, as we've been in six plus months of quarantine. And you know, I have found it difficult. I'm in a new rhythm now, but I found it super difficult because for me, and I know for you as well, my physical, well-being and health and just exercise and movement have been so important in my mental health journey. And so figuring out ways to keep that activity going in a new way during this time has been a, a real challenge. How about, how about for you? Well, yes. I mean, it's, I'm no stranger to that, like working out in the gym is not my friend. But, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I have put in some new disciplines. For me, it's a for me like a routine is very imperative to my mental health. It, it just keeps me anchors. I think it's it's not it's less about routine and more about anchors for me. Like touchstones during the day, things that keep me grounded, things that remind me that it's not Groundhog's Day. Right. Uh, it's things that keep me for my mindset. You know, it's I like not so much mental health but mindset, what is that gonna keep me positive? What's gonna keep my confidence high? What's gonna keep my self-esteem high? That's how I like to, to differentiate those two. Absolutely. So you, I know yours is a big one, is physical, is working out, slightly different. Mine's more mental, yours, mm-hmm. but my, mine has a physical element to it. So w- what are you doing to help? So I've, I've actually decided to just commit to doing a workout six days a week, whether it's good or mediocre. Got it. And so by doing that, again, like you said, discipline, it's, it takes the discipline to just force myself to do it because some days I don't want to. And knowing that for the mental health benefits and the full, benef- full spirit benefits of doing a workout for me personally, it doesn't matter even if I do a mediocre workout and it's not like a great burn or a great pump or whatever, that's kind of becomes irrelevant because it's the discipline of doing it six days a week and taking that rest and recovery day and starting afresh and and making new goals every day. And I found amazing resources of all places on Instagram. I have been working with two personal trainers that I've never met. (laughs) And they've never met me because they're doing online IGTV live workouts and it's been amazing. I feel like I've had the byproduct of this is a total body transformation and that wasn't even what I went into it for, which I feel like is the best way, mm-hmm. right? 
Because if you just go into it with just all aesthetics as the goal, it's not, you're not getting the full benefit of being, having physical yeah. health and working out. And so, yeah, I've, it's, it's been amazing. It's, it has really changed my day. I'm finding that it's getting easier each week to commit to the six day routine because I've taken the pressure off. It's, it's, I, I turn on, I open my phone, I find the workout I want on IGTV, I press play, and that's all I'm thinking about. Well, I also think- I'm not thinking about- I think it's also that we're changing our environment, right? I think we're, we're past the like, what in the hell is happening to us? Is this really happening? Right. How long is this gonna be? Are we, we're like, we're past, we're past the what the hell is happening. We're now like, okay, right. how, this is our new environment, and how do we function here? How is the structure happening? And um, we're adapting. And we're yes. no longer surviving. We've now crossed over into thriving and whatever yes. that may mean. So I love that. I have to learn how to work IGTV because, you know, technology, I'm not going to say I'm bad at it because that's a bad mindset. I'm just going to say it's a lane I don't drive in often. And, um, you know, I'm not comfortable in that lane. I'm going to try to drive in it, but I don't understand it unless someone explains it to me like Melissa. And since we're on quarantine and shelter and stay, she isn't over here to show me how to work it. So, you know, we'll see. But for me, it's the, se it's the second tab on someone's Instagram profile. It looks like a little TV with a zigzag line in it. You just Jesus. like, I mean, I am 50 in January, but like, get me the glasses on the plane. I mean, this sounds horrible. It's where, it's where I put my music videos and I know you've seen them. So, cause you've commented on them. So you've been on IGTV. <laughs> God help us. But, but here's, what, here's what I am doing physical. I ha everyone knows I have a pool. Cause if you go on my Instagram, I do post pictures, but I love being in my pool every day. Like that is my, one of my, my anchors, one of my touchstones. It's like my happy place. I like chill i focus it's also no one in my household seems to go in the pool so like i know if i get in the pool the dog the kids my parents no one follows me there so i go there i set up my <laughs> which is crazy to me because it's such a nice pool. i go there and i like set up my office i even go to therapy my therapist has accepted me being in the pool talking to her so i'm so you talk to your therapist in a bathing suit that's amazing that sounds so horrific what i said <laughs> Please. I mean, honestly, my life is tough, but I swear. <laughs> but so, yeah. So, but these are my touchstones. I mean, I'm living in a house with six people. You have to go where you have to go to get your mental space. And I think that's what we're Absolutely. talking about here is do what you have to, to create your mental sanity, sanctuary, grounding that you have to, and don't judge it. And, and first of all, don't judge anybody else what they're doing. Right. Please. Very bad. I've had to check myself Me big time. Me too, because what you have to do for your mental stability, your mental health, if you're being safe, and if someone is being safe yes. in your book, don't judge it or ask them, hey, why are you doing that? And if it isn't safe for your world, then your two worlds can't collide. Then you talk on FaceTime. I'm just saying, just be very aware that people yep. are doing the best that they can and they're doing the best for themselves. And I think that's what we're talking yes. about, right? Physically, Absolutely. mentally, and emotionally, spiritually, you're doing the best that we can. Do you agree? I agree. And this is, this is that concept of, you know, we've talked about multi-hyphenate mm. uh, work, and I think we're getting to this conversation of a multidisciplined work. And that is inclusive of our actual work, our, our health, our, our art, 
And even our self-care, which I think we're talking about a lot more now, especially in this pandemic uh, and how we're having to deal with being isolated. And, you know, people, I, I think we, I love when we redefine things on this mm -hmm. show. I, I feel like discipline has become a bad yeah. word in our culture because I think that we, especially people our age and our generations think of it as, you know, your parents disciplining you, or if you, you know, suffer through Catholic school, yeah. your, your, your priest or your nun disciplining right. you, you know, it, I, it's that it's this negative thing. And it's actually a thing of great beauty when used for mm -hmm. good, mm -hmm. right? Discipline, discipline is a tool and being disciplined about your self-care is just as important about as being disciplined about your work or about your Agreed. art or about, you know, any of that. So we have to remind ourselves that that's, we have to be disciplined in our wellness as much as we are disciplined in our work. Agreed. And being multi-passionate, being where we are in the world right now, we have to pay attention to all the facets of our world, right? And yes. We're the ones in control right now. And I think that's what I meant by we're reframing and readjusting um, and we're thriving in our worlds now. And I, I hope everyone would reframe yes. to that. We're not surviving anymore. We are starting to thrive. I understand maybe we're not thriving completely financially or we're not thriving completely for those that are maybe living solo or maybe we're not thriving for those that are living in a, in a family situation because they, they can't they aren't alone, but I'm saying like, if you can start to start thinking of how do I thrive? And that's a discipline to think that way. And that's what you're talking about, right? Or if you, if you are a creative and you haven't been on stage or you haven't been auditioning or you haven't been able to work, it's a discipline to reframe yourself on, okay, where do I refuel? How do I start creating again? How do I get these new respects for the new world I'm in? Right. And how do I start mastering this again, right? In this new right. environment. I think that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. It's not easy, but I think it's absolutely worth it in the next few months to start thinking about how to do that and taking those steps. And branching out. Like I had the thought last week, oh my gosh, I haven't danced in so mm. long, you know, and I miss, I miss it. So I went on YouTube and just took a dance class on YouTube for an hour. And I felt it wasn't, it wasn't particularly difficult or, you know, didn't really bring my technique back, but it, it, it made me feel so great. And it, afterwards I was like, you know what, I should do this more often. And what's stopping me? Nothing. Being in your comfort zone, right? And the comfort yes. zone is habit, mundane, apathy, right? And getting outside of your comfort zone is that, you know, discovery, creativity, mm -hmm. you know, discovery of excellency, the th you know, what's excellent, the thriving for joy, you know, happiness. That's what you're talking about. Yes. That's where we want to go. And it's sort of getting out of your own way. And I think, uh, I think our guest today has absolutely proven that he has mastered these concepts. Embodied. Embodied. So embodied them, breathed them in and out, so to yes. speak. So without further ado, let's get to it. Yeah. We are so excited about our guest today. He is an artist of multi-disciplines. Uh, he is an actor, a dancer, a choreographer, recently on a stunning film on Disney Plus, Black is King, as adult Simba. Please welcome to the Con Artist Podcast, the incomparable Nianiso Zedze. 
<laughs> Welcome. Oh, we're so excited. That is the most incredible intro I think I've ever had. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well, we were we were so blown away um, by looking at your large body of work um, in such a short, seemingly such a short amount of years, because you are so young and you've accomplished so much already. Um, it was it was really inspiring to look at everything that you have done and accomplished, and uh, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. And I just have to add something before you share, um, not only as an artist, but a humanitarian, and you, you also, Blake left something out here, that you're an emotional clearing practitioner, and that yeah. you do some work with mindset. So I know we're going to talk about your body of work, but I definitely want to leave time to talk about that, because that I am dying to hear about your work and your thoughts on that because that is right up my alley. So we are thrilled to have you and thank you so much for joining us. So where do we start? <laughs> well, so normally I, normally in these kind of interview podcast situations, we start at the beginning. How did you get started? How did you do? We don't do that here at the Con Artist Podcast. We start at the end and we work our way back. So. So let me let me jump right in. How has the past few months been for you in this whirlwind since Black is King has dropped on Disney Plus? It's been so beautiful and oh. full on all at the same time. Um, some things very directly to do with um, Black is King and the ripples that has come off that. And some things just seemingly synchronistic with the shifts that my life and my career has been taking direction towards, like having moved into this house. This all happened like just now. Um, this is our third month here and us doing renovations and the wife and I are, um, you know, taking new steps in our journey and our work and our holistic work. And, you know, getting more of um, a connection and a bridge with the international field has been something that has come to fruition like this interview, which is so beautiful and so exciting. Meeting more people across the board, across the international board, and um, and that's just all been big and beautiful. And I've learned to breathe it all in and take it one step at a time and not let myself get overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's all we can do. That's why I asked, because usually the, these moments are so, they're so exciting, but they are wrought with a lot of overwhelm, right? And so we talk mm -hmm. a lot on on this show about how we balance the art with the confidence. Um, Allison, do you want to take yeah, that I from do. there? I do. You know, we, we say how important it is to remain confident, especially when you're, you're in your art. And I think you said it so perfectly about not getting overwhelmed and you being a storyteller. And I feel like I want to stay with Black is King is that it's, for me, it feels like the ultimate, the ultimate medium of storytelling that you got to do. Can you share with us like what it was like uh, working on that in that medium and what it was like not to get overwhelmed and how you kept your confidence during that process from maybe start to finish? The blessing of that project for me, stepping into that, was realizing that I was surrounded by people who were so ready to be there for me. Um, like the woman that played Nala is a South African um, big star named uh, Nandi, um, Nandi Madida. 
um, and she's a musician presenter. So she's done a lot of work with BET. And so she's, she's been engaged with the international sphere and has interviewed like all of the big stars in, in Hollywood. And so when we were traveling or actually even when we had started doing the work here in South Africa, she was by my side, just like, you know, being there for me, not even saying, I got you or anything like that. Just her presence allowed me to feel at home and comfortable with um, everything that was happening. And when we flew out to LA to shoot various portions of the work, she was there just telling me that, you know what, you deserve to be here and um, take it, take it in your stride. And that was something that I was, and I am so grateful for. And everyone else also played their own roles in just supporting me and letting me feel at home with the new step and the big step that I was taking. Because as much as I've done like um, a bunch of work, most of it has been in the home ground that I've been used to. And now when I've been opening it up to like, engaging with the work that I grew up watching and the people in the industry that I grew up watching, I've been a fan of and stuff like that. It was something that brought me to a place of breathing in a new air of realizing how much impact I can have and what my worth is. And working with everybody there in in LA, beautiful. Like everyone was so warm. I keep talking about how um, Beyonce herself was is so inviting and her her gift in my perception is just how she has an ability to ignite and um, encourage somebody to shine even brighter in whatever it is that they have to give to the world. Wow, that that's really that, that's so that's so important to remember because uh, what you were talking about, like the collaboration in art is what gives us our confidence you know it's 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 we get it from all around us and then that inspires us to do more the work that you did um in the film is so stunning and it, it is so rooted in a grounded storytelling place that was so spectacular to me coming from obviously growing up with the animated lion king and having such such a preconceived notion of who Zimba is, and you rooted this character in such an amazing reality, in, so, in something mm -hmm. that was so beyond animation, so beyond even the CGI remake animation. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was such a real character and such a real journey that you created for the viewer. Can you describe a little bit about like what that process was like for you as an actor uh, to get inside a very intangible concept character and make it so, so grounded and so real? What I found that the project in itself, um, the Blackest King project in itself was already doing, um, even before they brought me on, was they were um, exploring and bringing back the art of storytelling to how Africans do. And that allowed me an entry point to, to something that I grew up with and oh, invited me to, to, to touch base with the authentic stories that I knew within myself, for myself, having had experience um, from personal perspective and also having seen it around me and from the closest people around me. And so I was able to draw from those realities to bring forth my experience and interpretation of the character of adult Simba, the prince. Um, of which like this story I feel like is a mirror of, of various narratives um, that I could relate to. And so 
that was that was beautiful and warming and allowed me to to touch base with the 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 roots of my own journey and i felt like in being able to do that so many people around the world black white whatever your ethnicity is um were would be able to 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 relate to absolutely well you 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 nailed it so to speak it's spectacular truly Gorgeous. um there was something that you said on uh on your website that when i was uh doing some research that in your reel you said that you likened uh acting to just breathing as mm -hmm. the character i'm i'm paraphrasing i'm not quoting you <laughs> perfectly um but i loved that so much because you know we talk so much in 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 art and in acting we we dissect methods and uh, techniques and all of those things are helpful and yes we study them all but at the end of the day if you can breathe in the character and exhale as the character that you you've gotten there and i love that that was so that was so personally inspiring to me to read and remember as an actor to not get caught up in the minutiae. So it, it comes back to breath. It, it really does. And, and it's, it's evident in your work that you do that beautifully. Thank you so much. And, and can, I dovetail, can I echo one, one thing before you answer that? And it's also, I, I love what Blake just said, but also what, what you've said before is that you are so trusting in what got you here and trusting mm. the environment around you. And that's an incredible sense of your spirit and who you are, especially with the project you were working on, because it was so enormous. That confidence, A, was there, but trusting your, your ability for storytelling, your own talent, your own craft. Um, I, I love that you allowed their reflection onto you, but there had to be something, your own craft, your own education. Where, where did this mindset come from for you? Be, besides the, the other people there, your environment, but did this come from your training, um, your background? Uh, where, where did this come from for you? Um, for me, it, it's a, a concoction of all of it. At first, at the beginning, I, I did my training here at university in Johannesburg, um, Wits University studying Bachelor of Arts and Dramatic Arts. And the four years there got me to be technically aware of how all of the various elements come together, um, all of the various tools and skills come together, whether you are um, going back to what um, certain practitioners have um, applied for their acting interpretation, and then you seeing which one of those various uh, practitioners' tools work for you, or is it a little bit of everything? And once, you, once I found myself technically aware, the actual acting journey started when I left university and I started to do professional work and then taking on characters and applying what I had learned. And for me, it was also bringing back lessons and applications from um, South African, African storytellers like Dwenam uh, Thorpe, who used to sit and do the traditional once upon a time there was a, but it wasn't even like that. She would like in her voice and her demeanor and her energy, she would just engulf you into that story and take you there. And, and I got to draw from those elements because as a kid, it was a big thing for me to have the children sit down around um, my grandmother 
and my grandmother will tell us a story and she'll and then she tell us the whole story. And, and like you'd be there wide-eyed and you start imagining all of that. And so for me, once I started acting professionally, I started to draw from all of those elements. Um, and I feel like acting, just like um, we've mentioned for me, has been like breathing and breathing being living and living being allowing myself to live and relive from my own perspective and also from what I am able to access from characters. And then once I'm, I'm, I'm in that space, I am in a trusting space of whatever it is um, that the tools and the skills and the techniques that I've learned in varsity and or whatnot have settled or how they've settled in me. And for me, it's the instinctual and that um, breathing space that's driving how I approach the art and the characters that I take on. And I still find even till this day, it's, it's an opportunity to keep learning and unpacking and, and questioning how much was I allowing myself to breathe into that character and that character breathe into me. And <laughs> it's, it's beautiful to surrender yourself to that space of not knowing, but exploring and breathing and living. And that's where, that's where um, you, you start to open yourself up, not to just be a storyteller and an actor who's doing great performances, but being a person that's able to access lessons from the characters that you play. That's such an important piece of it. I'm ready for you to write your book so that I can read it tomorrow. <laughs> and give it to everyone. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I just want to take that last few minutes and give it to every person entering theater school, art school, and say, if you don't understand what was just said, reconsider what you're about to <laughs> The <understand."> field. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that was the embodiment of, of the art, of the mastery of the art. That was beautiful. Absolutely. And I love what you said about that. Once you can settle, once you can, once you can settle and breathe in, and 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 uh, you are accessing so many things, and and everything is informed by your experiences and what you can learn from the character. To me, that's so important and smart because then that's the only way you can truly have that divine moment where your work affects change or a thought or a, a challenge in in the viewer, in the audience, in the reaction to the work yeah. it, because it takes it out of our, our selfish place, our egocentric place and into what do I have to give to the work, to the character and to the art and to how it is received by the audience, which is so yeah. inspiring and powerful to me personally. I wanna ask you a little bit about, um, because you come from a dance background and yeah. dance is an, another brilliant form of storytelling. I have found that in my own training, it, it, it's, intrinsic uh, in my body so I'd love I'd love to hear about your uh, a bit about your dance background uh, well I never thought that I was a dancer growing up and even like when it landed for me that I wanted to be an actor or, or actually it started for me as I want to be a singer and I was doing lots of R&B renditions and even created R&B group and then somewhere in universe and not even universe in high school 
I was convinced to take part in a musical that our school does annually. And when I did that, I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I ended up um, um, applying for uh, the Bachelor of Arts and Dramatic Arts degree for the university. When I got in there, they offer an array of subjects that go along in that package of Bachelor of Arts and Dramatic Arts until you get to second year where you choose your majors. And then when I was there, <laughs> at this incredible um, physical theater teacher, um, Athena Mazarakis, who said to me, if you don't choose physical theater as your major, I'll be pissed off. Long story short. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, and I never even saw it in myself because I, 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 I come from, you know, uh, South African Africans, we have, I guess, a bit of a detachment from um, affection, touch, and all of that stuff. So anything work-wise that that needed us to to touch and be close and do work that interprets through the body was almost taboo for me. So I I goofed around a lot in class until until my lecturer said that to me and and. I was, I didn't know what else to choose as my second major besides acting. And when she told me to do that, that's when I allowed myself to surrender just a bit more into physical theater as um, a, 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 a mode to, to, to perform or as, as a, yeah, to allow myself to perform through. Um, when I did that, that's when they started to introduce contemporary dance practitioners as invited lecturers or tutors into the workspace. And that's when the spark, you know, or the droplet dropped in for me or the realization um, around, ah, dance is actually something that I enjoy, that I love. And this was third year. When I hit that in third year, I, I realized that there's so many other ways to tell stories besides talking them, singing them, performing them through acting. And that's when my body started to become a part of the tool to tell stories. And um, I went through actually my first journey or my initial journey of professional work was um, physical theater work. And I got to tour Europe performing um, shows that required me to dance and uh, interpret through physical theater. And that's when that was landing more and more in me. And um, I started to explore uh, a seriousness to dance and taking dance classes. And that's how I find myself becoming a lead actor in uh, South Africa's first like step up called Hear Me Move. Yeah, um, awesome. and it was such a beautiful journey for me um, and, and just, popping open another part of myself that I didn't realize was sitting there. Um, since then, I found being physically open kept feeding how I embodied characters um, and, and opened up how I didn't just perform a character from an emotional space, but how I allowed the character to sit in my body and how I allowed myself to 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 bring the character through in how I feel stand posture um, walk and all of that stuff and so dance has 
become such a beautiful weapon and tool in how I perform as a whole. So after having gone on the journey that I've had, I would absolutely encourage every actor um, at whatever level, in whatever space, whether you're doing it for film, television, stage, to, to explore um, how you can embody or allow the tool of dance to bring more life to your craft. I agree wholeheartedly. That is such good advice. Everyone, if you're gonna be an actor, take a dance class. <laughs> I so agree. So if, if movement is so important to the creative process, to the artist, mm -hmm. and I know this probably is going to speak to the holistic side of your life, how do you mm -hmm. feel about movement affecting just the body, affecting your, your life? Um, how, has it, how has it affected your journey as a human or, or your personal growth, your personal development? Well, now that you put it that way, um, I learned as of late when I became a holistic practitioner that we are beings made up of five bodies the spirit body, the energetic body, the emotional body, the physical body, and then the mental body. And all five of those bodies make up um, um, our entire being. And um, a lack in any one of them will show, will bring um, forward our impediments and um, allow us to experience less of ourselves. So being able to listen and respond from a physical place, what your emotional, your spiritual, your energetic and mental body are going through is an integral part of the tool because that is the first point of reference that anybody comes across with anybody else is the physical. Mm -hmm. And that helps you translate what you're going through emotionally, mentally, spiritually inside so yeah it's, it's absolutely crucial so whether you're whether you're a creative or not get in touch with your physical body it's actually a human thing that you need to be able to be aware of your own body and listen and um respond from that place and um have a healthy relationship i apologize to all the dance teachers for all the non-dancers that are about to flood the dance <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what beginning contemporary is for they know those teachers know <laughs> so i want to i do want to talk a little bit more about this about uh, about your holistic work and about uh your energy work and i'm so i'm so fascinated by uh tell us how you got into that and uh how you are how your current practice is uh progressing right now so in short i help people bring themselves to emotional health. It's titled emotional clearing, but for me, I feel like the best way to just call it is emotional healing. Um, I was at an emotional broken place in my journey. Um, and I was two years, I think, into my relationship with my wife. We got married two years ago, but now we're seven years together. So it, some time ago, we were traversing, going through some really big emotional challenges. A lot of traumas come up when we engage with people that are able to connect with the deepest parts of you. 
And so a lot of stuff was coming up for me um, and my wife at that time. And, and a lot of our brokenness was coming through. And this was when I was like uh, at the entry point and also at a big height of my career. And, and I just landed um, a big soapy and I was a lead and like so many things are happening. And then all of a sudden my relationship with my wife started to show me all of my wounds and mm. all of my yeah, fucked upness, long story short. <laughs> 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 and, um, we understand. <laughs> at the point where I was about to to to, to snap, break, lose my entire sanity, um, my wife reached out to somebody that she had met some years ago who was developing this this tool, Dane Thomas in Australia, um, and was like, "Yo, we're going through this. What do you suggest?" And he was like, "Do this program." And um, we did it. After that, the effect and the transformation that both of us went on just showed us how much the world needed this. Because like, as soon as you go through some big brokenness and some big hurt, you start to think of all the other people that you know in your life that are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing. And we, we decided to, to see about becoming the people that are the vessels that carry this work through and we went to australia took all of my savings and uh, got training and came back and we began our business this was like 2016 and uh, our journey has been uh, one with now meshing art and bringing people into emotional health you have it you have it that's amazing you have a statement that i read that you said you heal the broken mindset mm. and that statement alone when i hear that i say yes sign sign everyone up but sign because the idea of healing the broken mindset because if you have the uh, a positive mindset i feel like anything can be done so I, I love that you shared that vulnerability because that's something we talk about on this podcast all the time is, is suffering from the imposter syndrome, you know, where you, you, you doubt your accomplishments and you're at the same time afraid of being found out that you're a fraud. Um, mm. And I can see that you've done this journey, <laughs> you've figured out this work, um, but can you talk about, even though you're so well-versed here, do you still have those moments of doubt and feeling fraudulent and if so how do you overcome it how do you get yourself out of it the beauty about the work that i do is it it doesn't become an antidote to to your life issues it equips you with tools that helps you engage with the various things that come up with life because life's challenges never stop because that's, for me, that's the very core of being alive. It's you go through certain obstacles that help you grow, grow your spirit, grow your soul. And so I don't think there should be anything that makes life problemless because you're denying yourself a human experience. Um, and in denying yourself that you're not going to be able to, to find growth. Um, growth comes from those moments where you, you, you take yourself to the edges of um, pain, challenge, difficulty. And when you're able to, to overcome, maneuver, that's the point that you start to discover new things about yourself. 
and you discover how big, how great, and um, also start to get a clarity about what your journey is about and your purpose and stuff like that. So um, the, the tool uh, or the work that we do equip, equips people with emotional tools. Um, emotional awareness and bringing you to a place where, okay, cool, when I'm going through this kind of obstacle, it's an invitation to move in this kind of way and to use this kind of tool to help me then um, still be above board and not um, allow myself to be broken by something that is designed to grow me. And that's pretty much what, what our work overall is about. And I guess this is a great opportunity to plug in our latest offer, which is yes. um, a relational a relational offering um, offering called the vow and in that we we package over six weeks a bunch of tools that help people um fix let me throw that word away i don't like it anymore <laughs> heal how we relate to ourselves which then becomes a reflection of how we relate to people around us in the world um and it's something that yana and i find we keep using over and over through the various layers and levels of our growth. Um, it's so beautiful, so potent, so potent and, and powerful. And we called it the vow because um, its foundation lay or lies in the vows that her and I said to each other on our wedding. Beautiful. So it's all about just equipping yourself with tools that help you traverse life more potently. Mm. That's spectacular and such a phenomenal tie-in uh, to things that we've actually been talking about on this podcast for the past four weeks. Uh, so it's that's going to be incredible for our listeners to hear about your approach and about just how you, even just how you framed that. And because uh, we've, we've been dealing with a lot of uh, mental health issues in the past few weeks, we've been talking about anxiety and depression and, and where we're emotionally blocked in our life and how that affects our art, where our confidence meets our art and all of that. Um, so can you please tell our listeners uh, where they can find out more information about your program? Um, we've got a website for our uh, company called Vela Souls. Um, so that's www.velasouls.com. And on that website, you will find a link to the vow. Or if I'm saying it correctly, it's um, www.velasouls.com forward slash um, the vow or the dash vow. Great. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. oh my if, if you guys like, I could send that to you so you could put it somewhere. Yeah. Where. Great. We will. Yes, we will. Amazing. I, I just, I, I love how you have, you've taken it, taken your, your personal journey, your artistic journey, and also your need to uh, share it with others. You know mm -hmm. that you've you've expanded or doing this past is because we've taken journeys and want to share it with others. So I, I I love that you're doing this because we're all in this together, right? Um, it's about growth, and I think creativity is the gateway, right, of how yeah. we how we expand. It's the gateway to getting out of our comfort zones. It's the gateway to expanding our vulnerability, and I think everybody has to use their creativity. And I think it's so important. It makes this conversation so valuable. Absolutely. I mean, if I may, I find that storytelling is crucial because it allows people to see reflections of themselves. And 
when I pick my roles, I consider what reflection do I want to put out in the world through that role. Um, and this is something that I've, I've, I've started to understand why people like Denzel Washington do the things that they do and how finicky or picky they are, let me say specific um, that they are in the roles that they pick because right now representation is so important um, because we are representing people that need to feel, receive certain messages. And if you feel like there's a potent message, a powerful healing message that you can bring across through a role, then absolutely do it. Because right now, more than ever, I feel like the world needs as much opportunity to heal and reflect as we possibly can. Absolutely. And art is the most wonderful gateway into that. You know, if we, if we continue making casual or what I call throwaway art, it, we're not we're not helping our we're not helping humanity right we're not we're not growing we're not learning anything about ourselves and about the people around us we have to remember that it's a it's a powerful agent of change and, yes. and never take it for granted and and never underestimate your power in that in that creativity or yeah. that something that i feel like that feeds right back to is um those people that go through imposter syndrome and stuff like that, there is a reason that you are alive because your voice is needed for that specific role, that specific, specific part, whether it's, it's to do with acting or not or, or, or um, storytelling or not or making a film or not. It's your specific touch energy message that will come through um, that no one else in the world could do. Um, and we need to just allow ourselves to understand that the whole point of you having your very individual fingerprint goes across the board to even how you do the work that you do, have the relationships with people that you do. Because the fingerprint of the energy that you have is crucial for that space and every other space that you find yourself or invited to. Hmm. Yes, that is perfectly, perfectly said, <laughs> succinctly and eloquently. Thank you so much. We, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your spirit and your intellect and your talent uh, with us today. Nianiso, thank you. We are just so, uh, so blessed to be able to chat with you today. Honored. Thank you so much. I really, I, I hope every young creative and any creative that has lost their way listens to this and finds some inspiration. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alison, Blake. Ah, oh, such an honor to be here and thank you for the platform. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Tell, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media so that they can follow all of your work. <laughs> <laughs> directly on uh, social media if you just look up Nyaniso Zete um, that's on Twitter that's on Instagram on Facebook um, I spell my name backwards don't even it's, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter are the places that I love to do my social um, engagements and so you can find me on, um, on any of those Nyaniso Zete great thank you so much thank you all right, it is time for your favorite segment and mine, the four G's, grace, gratitude, grit, and guts. Now, before we, 
before we spoke to our guest, I said to Allison, I was like, you know, we'll just see where the conversation goes and where, where it takes us as to, as to whether or not, you know, we do the segment uh, with me and Iso. And um, I, I was so, I was almost in tears at the end of his final answer because it was just so moving that I didn't even, like the thought of asking this man what he's eating nails about, like, like made my heart hurt. So I like couldn't bring our ridiculousness. <laughs> I, I, when I thought about including him in this segment and answering my question in front of him, m- made me hide under the couch. So I'm so happy that he's not here, even though I know he's completely human, even though I put him up on a complete bed. So if he, well, I just he, think we were so inspired that it oh, just <laughs> seemed like the tonal shift was not right. <laughs> no, it was not appropriate for him to hear my ridiculous grit. But, but this is part of what we do on this show. Sometimes we're ridiculous. So this week we have grace, gratitude, grit, and guts. What are we feeling? Are we are we feeling are we feeling grace? Are we feeling gratitude? Are you feeling grit? Are you feeling guts? Oh, I I'm ready for you. I mean You're ready? I, Go. You you go I'm first. Ready for you. Yes. So my I have grit this week. You're gonna be really impressed. Oh. I'm, I'm, I wish we could see our producer Melissa, because she would probably fall over when she hears this. <laughs> So my grit this week mm-hmm. is I got a bicycle and what? I mm-hmm, and I ride it. Stop it. Where do you ride this bicycle said bicycle? Okay. So those that don't live in Los Angeles are not gonna understand this, but I lived in Sherman Oaks and I rode from Fulton to Reseda Boulevard. Stop it. No. What? Yes. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> More than once. Wow. Wow. That's I crazy hear, physical. Like the, I feel like, dun, 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 dun. I like, and then my little dog, like that's how I You feel like Mrs. Gulch. I love how at the beginning of this episode, you were like, I didn't work out. That's a workout. And I have a bike light on the front and the back, and I have a pouch that holds water. I oh don't wear a bike. So I'm sure I'll get, you know. And you I don't wear a what? Helmet. Oh, absolutely unacceptable. You have oh. to wear a helmet. You have to wear a helmet, period. You, this okay. is LA. You will, you will crash and you will die. Okay. I will be not kidding. You have to wear a helmet. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you next week. And my guts is. I'm just going to say it quickly because I'm dealing with it in therapy. I, my boyfriend has moved in and I'm dealing with being an only child that I'm sharing my space and my <sighs> stuff and closet space. Oh my gosh. Not closet space. Mm-hmm. Oh. And drawer space. Wow. And, and like, you know, actually has opinions on what goes on the wall. I'm, I'm really, I'm trying. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so I bike ride and I share now. Wow. I mean, as a fellow only child, I know who does, who also cohabitates with my partner. Uh, yeah, that's, oof. Oh, like, uh, that's I, just a, felt, I, I just felt like my whole, like my whole structure inside just kind of collapsed a little on itself. Yeah. So I think, um, this could be something that might continue into the next episode too, but we shall see. But so there's my 
grit and guts for this week. Mr. MacGyver, how about your Ooh. grace and gratitude? <laughs> oh, so grace has been a journey uh, this week. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really, I'm not feeling very graceful. Uh, I'm feeling, and, and I think that's what it is. Uh, give, I think this week has just been like, I literally don't feel graceful. Like I feel clunky. I feel, <laughs> I feel clumsy. Uh, both mentally and physically. And so I think my grace journey this week has just been actually finding literal grace, not even figurative grace, like just centering myself and finding, you know, like I've been stretching a lot because <laughs> I'm like, I literally need to be more graceful in my physical your capacity. You know, your capacity. Yes. yes. And I do believe that that will also help me be more graceful outwardly. It's really hard to be graceful in America right now. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put that out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of debate season. It, it's... You know, I'm just going to say something and I'll interrupt you for a minute. I was on an international talk show earlier today mm -hmm. and the person um, from Islamabad said to me, it was a dis... We were talking about the debates and the person said to me, it was a disgrace for humanity. Oof. Oof, and, that hurts, and it's real. And and that and that really, and I think that really lends to how you're feeling about grace. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think everyone needs to take that, regardless of your position, that that is being felt globally. Yes. Yes. And for those of us that are sensitive or have an have a real rooted opinion in this, um, are going to be affected, and our grace is going to be absolutely banged around and tested mm -hmm. repeatedly. Yeah. So no matter when this airs, it's going to be continually tested. Right. And my, um, my gratitude is uh, really basic. It's, I'm just really grateful for wine. Um, <laughs> I discovered a new vineyard uh, over the weekend. I, um, I've been looking for COVID safe and completely uh, socially distanced things that I can do so that I can get out of my house on the weekends. And I discovered a new winery <laughs> in Central Coast in San Ynez called Sunstone. It's been around for a long time. I just hadn't, I wasn't aware of it. Um, and oh. found some new amazing wines. And it's actually where they shot the TV series Picard, uh, where Captain Picard oh. like owns a vineyard in France in, in Provence. It's actually San Ynez, California. Um, and so, yeah, so Are I'm really, they didn't pay, they didn't pay me to do this commercial for them. This is not an ad. This is not sponsored. I'm just a wino oh. with a, with a passion. <laughs> oh God, Melissa, we have to tell them that we think we can miss them. So I'm really, I, my gratitude is for Sunstone Vineyards in San Ynez, California. <laughs> How specific is that? <laughs> crazy. I'm so glad our guest is not here right now. <laughs> well, what can I say? I promise to be honest in this segment, and I'm being honest. Well, we're both honest. I mean, look at our, I mean, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh, oh, this is beautiful. So anyway, to tie it back into our guest, our trivia question today uh, comes from the Lion King, and it is as follows. In the original Disney animated film version of The Lion King from 1994, what was the last spoken word of dialogue in 
the film. Bum, bum, bum. True Disney fans will know this pretty, pretty easily. But yeah, what was the last spoken line of dialogue in the film? Okay. You can find out the answer to that question on our Patreon. And you can go to www.patreon.com slash theconartistpodcast. Join us, uh, subscribe so that we can continue yes. doing this wonderful show. You can get extras. There are multiple tiers of engagement and involvement and uh, lots of fun to be had on there. So do subscribe to our Patreon. And you can find us on Instagram at theconartistpod. You can also find us on Facebook at the con artist pod we would love to hear your questions comments we would love to interact with you there and uh allison tell the people where they can find your uh, personal social media you can find me at the allison robertson on instagram or allison robertson on facebook um you can go to my website at allisonrobertson.com but please follow us on the con artist socials because we are having so much fun i love every time you do something it's so much fun. It's like a little surprise every morning when I see it. I'm like, oh, oh, so there we are. So fun. So fun. And we're 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 having a blast. We are. Thank you all for listening to our show today. And we will see you next time on the Con Artist Podcast. Bye.